Well, Taj, it's so good to be with you and Full Spectrum Capital and Full Spectrum Labs and the incredible legacy of your work at uh, the Movement Strategy Center and Narrative Strategy and Change. And you were just about to help open up for us a little bit of a, um, a visual that you use to understand ecosystem builders and the work um, that you do and that you're inviting Francesco Collaborative and this whole Catholic livable future investing movement to help appreciate what we're in the middle of and from somebody who's been in the middle of ecosystem building for a while and supporting lots of ecosystem builders. So give us a little context on how you think about this. Yeah, just really, really good to be with you and with your community. I, this is a, a moment in which the, the world is in transition and um, there are many things that have been uh, disconnected and, and out of balance for far too long. And it is, it's beautiful that there are many who are waking up to the need to, to reconnect to, to the sacred and, and um, to figure out what it would look like if we, if we put what was most important at the heart of everything that we do. And we did that together um, in relationship um, in the work of building beloved community. And so there is, there's much to be shifted um, there's much to be acknowledged. There's uh, a lot of listening that we all have to do, a lot of learning that we all have to do about each other because we haven't we haven't been listening to each other because we haven't been connected. And so we, you know, we gotta, you know, um, listen to spirit and listen to each other, and and then uh, reconnect to wisdom so that we can put put our our deepest wisdom uh bring our bring our wisdom to to to, every, to all domains of life and i think that one of the one of the challenges that we have is that we've kind of in 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 the societies that we live in we've we've kind of separated things that should never be separated um mm. And we said that there are there are certain places where God lives, and there are certain places where we just do business. And um, that's just not right, because mm. there is no place that God is not with us. Mm-hmm. That is a that is a uh, uh, a delusion, a misperception of of epic proportions, and the consequences are around us everywhere we see. Mm-hmm. So if we uh, look for God and find God everywhere we look, we we can't we can't go wrong. We can't go wrong. But that will actually change um, everything about how we live, because we live in a world that says you know, sacred is over here, and you know maybe on Sunday, maybe right, but it's not. It's not every breath, every step, every moment, every decision, every relationship, right? And that, and that's that's the tragedy of our age. And it's good that you all are are bringing together folks who who understand um, the folly of that error and who are who are doing everything they can in in small and big ways to repair the breach. So. Um, yeah, part part of my journey has been working with communities who've been facing really really difficult 
you know, economic challenges and environmental challenges and uh, social and cultural and civic challenges for, for a very long time and who've been trying to find solutions to those challenges, but without access to the tools and resources needed to, to bring those solutions to life in a way that would not just change things for those communities, but would change things for everyone. Because what we know is um, when we allow in our societies some people to be mistreated, to be deprived and denied um, access to, to the basics of, that make for a good life, then that means we, we've, we've agreed that it's okay as a society for, for children to go hungry and um, for us to, you know, um, harm our, our, our environment and all those things. Right. So having done that work for, for a very long time, um, a lot of that work was about listening and helping communities find their voice to speak out and to, and to share the, the, the pain that they've experienced and the promise and the solutions that they've identified and built out of that pain. And then to try to get, you know, those who, who control the resources, who control the decision-making to listen and to do the right thing, right? To change the laws, to change the policies, to change the narrative, to tell the truth and to not, you know, tell lies about, about who people are and what their experiences have been. So um after doing that work for for many decades the communities that we were working with um kind of realized that like there was something important missing that um you know being able to tell your own story being able to shift the story the official story about who deserves and what we all deserve right being able to change the laws and the policies that that um, those stories animate uh, is important, but it's not sufficient because what shapes our relationships more powerfully than anything else is our relationship to land and resources, financial resources. How those resources are organized um, and for what purpose in service of what purpose? And what resources have we organized in service of the sacred? And what resources have we organized uh, and enslaved to our fear and our greed and our desire to, to find safety through domination and control, right? And so, so what master uh, do our resources serve and and far too many of our resources are organized around fear right and what's and what's so profound about this is that that fear is the most fundamental absence of faith it is the most fundamental absence of faith because with true faith with true love with a true relationship to god there is no fear in that there is no fear. There's nothing to fear. <laughs> we are loved. We are cared for. We are redeemed. 
in that relationship. Nothing to fear, right? Our job is to love, but we have we have organized we have organized our our um, resources in such a way that most of our resources are structured in service of fear, and so so changing that relationship is fundamentally a, a spiritual and transformational process. We have to, if we want the resources to shift, we have to, we have to come back into relationship to love. And we have to say, what would the world look like if our financial resources uh, were organized in service of love, in, in, in service of care and repair and regenerative relationship and restorative relationship and the the creativity that that humans have that's that is remarkable in in creation you know we are we are amazingly creative beings and we can create tremendous harm and devastation and we can create tremendous beauty uh and so what what if we what if we turned our resources in service of uh, in service of our, our collective cultivation and creation of that beauty. Yeah. Because what, what's the purpose of the universe anyway? <laughs> Why are we all here? <laughs> it may just be a giant art project. I don't know. Uh, if I get a chance to ask the boss, I'll ask someday. But uh, just a wild guess. But I think beauty has something to do with while we're here. And so... Let's make a beautiful world. Let's make beautiful lives. Let's make things beautiful for, for ourselves and future generations. So that's, that's the work that I do now. And so, um, so we, we, we kind of think about, um, you know, if you think about things that are elemental, right? Things are what they are. Water is water. Energy is energy. And capital is energy that needs to flow like water. So what does that mean? That means like in, a, in your body, where there's sickness is where there's stagnation, right? Um, where there's limitless growth, cancer. Where there's stagnation, heart attack, stroke. All, all manner of illness is about the interruption of, of natural cycles of flow. And when we look at our society and we look at its illnesses and sicknesses, we see there's a lot of stagnation. There's a lot of accumulation where we need flow. And so we, we kind of use this metaphor of the watershed. If we think about capital as water, like where is it? And you know, we, we kind of can think about it as there's a lot of resources up in the clouds, right? And um, and the people are at the bottom of these mountains, down around these lakes, and they're, and, and, and they're thirsty. And there's not enough water in the lakes to, um, to irrigate the fields, right? And so, needlessly, the people suffer. So, what can we do to get the water circulating, to get, get, the, get that rain to fall, you know, onto the top of the mountains? And the snow will gather, and the rivers will bring it down, you know, into the lakes and aquifers so that so that the people can prosper. So that's, you know, that's the reparative work. That's our reparative work. I'll show you a little 
picture here if I can. That's uh, kind of how we how we organize this uh, practically. Um, a little messy here. Apologies for my messy screen. But uh, let's see. So, um, so this is sort of our our watershed metaphor. And so, what the work we do with communities is we we work with communities to ask them the question like, "What's your vision for your grandchildren's grandchildren? Seven generations, one hundred and fifty years from now, what would it look like if your community was like truly thriving?" And it's important to to start with 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 transformative vision with the vision of like what our what our descendants deserve and what all people deserve and to to organize ourselves towards that transformative vision so that's the first question that we we engage communities with and then then from there we can figure out well what are the what are the solutions that your communities identified or generated that would move us concretely and meaningfully towards that that transformative vision. And, and, and generally we, we, we call that community planning, right? We just talk to people and we get together and we have meetings and we gather and we, we discuss it. And the community can identify what, what those priorities might be, right? And so that's, that's the community planning process. And in relationship to the question of accessing the economic resources we need to, to bring that vision to life, we call that a capital plan. And a capital plan is the financial, all of the financial resources that you would need to fully implement the projects and solutions in your community plans, right? And then the other piece of the process is like, what, what, are, what are the, what's the enabling infrastructure, the enabling economic infrastructure that allows a community to implement the community plan and the capital plan within an economic strategy. So economic strategy conversation is a little longer conversation, but you know, you can think about it through the, through the framework of this transition, right? That, that the world is in transition between ways of doing things and ways of organizing, um, our communities that that is unsustainable, that um, takes more than it gives, that's extractive, and that depletes our capacity to regenerate life. Right. So, in the Central Valley in California, where I live, for example, farming is being done there in such a way where where water is being taken out of the aquifers in such a way that the ground is actually shrinking. Right, and if you think about an aquifer as a lung, you inhale and you exhale. When that when that aquifer shrinks, when that lung collapses, it will never regain its capacity to expand. Right, so the ability of that land to sustain life over many generations to come has been fundamentally diminished because we're taking out more than we're putting back in. Right. And, and, and that metaphor is sort of a metaphor for what's happening everywhere around us. Right. So, um, yeah. So in this transition process, right, we ask the question, well, we, ha we have an economy that is energized 
through by fossil fuels, right? And it's clear that we have all of the technology we need to build a very vibrant economy um, around renewable energy, around sources of energy that don't harm and deplete the, the biosphere and ecosystems in the way that our current fossil fuel economy does. So, we're, so that's about the transition from a fossil fuel-based economy to a new renewable energy economy. And we have, we have transitions to make like that across every system you can imagine, right? We have an extractive education system. <laughs> we have an extractive system of agriculture. Every system is organized around this fear that causes people to take more than they put back, which fundamentally diminishes the capacity of that system to regeneratively and creatively produce new life. Right, that's the moment we're in. So, so economic strategy is about a transition. It's about how a community transitions across all of those systems in an integrated and holistic way. That's, that's what we mean by economic strategy. So how are you going to educate your children regeneratively? How are you going to feed yourselves regeneratively? How are you going to power your cities regeneratively? How are you going to um, get from one place to another? regeneratively, right? So, so, um, so there's work to say, not only do we need to have a vision for what we want, we understand that that requires a fundamental shift in values. Dr. King called it the radical revolution of values um, from a thing-oriented society to a people and planet-oriented society. So it's a mindset shift, it's a spiritual shift, it's a spiritual revolution, right? Out of which can come a revolution in how we treat each other and how we honor life. Um, so, so that's what economic strategy is. So lots of, lots of other things beyond this, but just it sort of gives you a sense of in the work we do um, in full spectrum capital partners, we have we have partners like you all who are who are doing work at all parts of the ecosystem, working with the capital stewards, the, the asset stewards, the people who have sacred responsibility and units over financial resources, and who hold that governance in a sacred way, right? And then community stewards, the, the leaders in community who bring people together. Um, to, to identify problems and find solutions and figure out a way to work together to move those solutions forward. And then we have our, our kind of our river partners and our river partners are, are the bridges between the clouds and the lakes, right? They, they make the connections so that, so that the resources can flow, so that wisdom can be exchanged, so that relationships can be repaired and, and, and built. There's all of this, this river work, this bridging work, um, to, to make that to make that um, that watershed flow again, so so we can bring balance and peace and well-being and joy and creativity into all of our relationships, um, and especially to the places that have been denied access to water <laughs> for very long periods, because that that state of, of, of being parched has deep and intergenerational impacts. Water is life. <laughs> and if you can't get enough of it, it, it creates 
it creates lasting challenges that take time to repair. So, um, yeah, so I'll pause there. That gives you a little, a little snapshot of how we, how we, uh, work with, with you and communities like yours to kind of think about how your watersheds and how your ecosystems are organized and how you can, you can make those bridges and, and clarify what's most important and, 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 and have the, the spiritual journey really drive the, the change that we need in the world. So. Taj, thank you so much. I feel like this metaphor of the watershed is so rich and something we can keep kind of sitting with and meditating on and unpacking. Um, I'm really also struck by what you named in terms of sort of a paradigm of fear as the underlying animator of an economy of extraction and something that perpetuates a mindset of scarcity. And so much of what I think we've been doing is that hard spiritual work as a cohort of shifting from scarcity to a mindset of abundance. And ultimately what I'm hearing you say is it's also about shifting from fear to love. And love is the animating force of a different kind of vision for the economy. And if we can really embrace that vision, then we can see how our relationship to our resources might shift in service of flow, right? So, so grateful for all the metaphors and everything that you shared with us today. Thank you.